0: Don't just be a part of the industry, redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps! We are live with another edition, a special edition of Breaking into Cybersecurity. It is late. So (laughs) I am excited to be here with Julie Broadway. I am Renee Small, Cybersecurity Super Recruiter helping amazing security folks get into opportunities and helping leaders um, hire awesome talent. I'm here with Julie Broadway. Julie was here. Say hi to everybody, Julie. Hi, everyone. Julie was here a month ago, a little over a month ago. Goodness. And Julie was so popular that we are likely going to be doing Julie and her friends on a monthly basis. And she was kind enough to provide to do this pop up with us today, um, really helping with the federal space. So, Julie, please introduce yourself again to the to the people out here, to security peeps and tell them what you do and what FCC does. And then we'll jump in with questions.
2: Sounds great. Thank you so much. I am so privileged to be back with you today. I had such a great time last time I have been talking about it. I'm like, this is something I could do forever. This Your population is amazing. So thank you again for having us. So um, as Renee said, I am the um, deputy director for Federal Career Connection. And we just go out and we help individuals like yourselves um, enhance your marketability, better understand and navigate the federal hiring process, and then just answer all of your your hard you're hard to know. Um, you know the, the questions that may, just may be burning on your mind. And we offer webinars once a month, as well as office hours to do just like what we're doing tonight. Just answer your questions, walk through um, coaching. We talk about the HR space, and we also um, talk to you about your resume. So really excited to be here tonight to just hear what your what questions you may have um, about. Anything to do with federal HR. So I have about 16 years in the um, federal experience and so excited to share what knowledge I might have.
1: Yes. and Julie, you were so popular because as I share with people all the time, the federal government the direct, you know, the three letter agencies, all that stuff is not my area of expertise. So federal mm. contracting, yes, you know, commercial, yes, but this arena is definitely a space that when people call when they reach out and say, Oh, can you help me? Or you know, what do I do? Or how do I get in? I have no idea. So that's why you're here, and we're trying to bring more, <laughs> more and more federal experts on yes. uh, on a consistent basis to help everyone. Since there's so many people who are trying to break into the field, trying to you know, a lot of veterans, all of these folks who are trying to break in. So I will kick it off with a question because um, I get this one very, very often, or I see it very often. Um, clearances so that is the big huge question every time do you need a clearance to apply to an opportunity um the clearance process so you know tell us give us clearances 101 talk to me about what is needed if it's needed if you know the specific agencies that look for them like talk to us about clearances as a whole Absolutely.
2: So I can't say that human resources is going to be your one-stop shop of understanding all the ins and outs, especially when it comes to the adjudication of a clearance, but I can give you the overall cradle to grave of what it looks like. Um, So I've been very blessed to work with some amazing security specialists throughout my career, and, and we do partner with them in order to bring qualified applicants on board. And so the very first question is, you, you've just said it. No, you do not have to have a clearance to enter federal service. What you have to have and what you'll see on job announcements is the ability to obtain and maintain your security clearance. So in actuality, there is not a way for you to get a clearance outside of the federal space, um, unless you're with a federal contractor this is something you have to have through the application process once you've been given a tentative job offer. So for those of you who are trying to break into federal service and and thinking about um you know how to get that clearance because it does take a lengthy amount of time which we'll talk about in a moment. Um this is just not something you're going to be able to do until you get that job offer whether it be through a federal contractor and um, or in federal service specifically. So um just be able to obtain it and maintain it. And that just means the obtain is just you getting it, you being able to go through the process, having a clean background um, and, you know, being ready to answer all of the questions that will come because some of these clearances, I mean, not only does the process take a long time, but answering all of the questions takes a long time, gathering the information. And so my first step, if you've got a tentative job offer, and especially maybe just getting into it and you think you're going to have one, get all of the information that you can think of and your past addresses, your friends, and there's plenty of information on Google, just surfing the net of the types of information that you'll need for a clearance, um, the addresses of your family, the birthdays, all the, you know, the pertinent information so that when you're ready to go through the process, you're not digging through it. So it's it's definitely one of those um, myths about getting into federal service, but one that's easily debunked.
1: So you don't need a clearance to get in, but you want to obtain, you need to be able to obtain a clearance and maintain it. We
2: have seen many individuals through whether their own circumstances or wow. own affiliations, we, we would have to either put you into, you know, try to reassign you to a position with a lesser security clearance or, you know, unfortunately, and um, due to circumstances, um, of sometimes they own making that they are um, just you know have to be um, let go from federal service. So obtain and maintain very important and specifically in the career field that your audience will be looking into. Um, so yeah very very important
1: obtain and maintains. Yes, folks maintain folks maintain the clearance yes. so claudia, <laughs> claudia wants to know <laughs> claudia wants to know how long does it take to get an interim or a top secret clearance
2: so an interim secret um can be it depends on the agency and their internal processes whether they do interim clearances um i know in my experiences in the agencies that i've worked for that's something that is um easily obtained um, with a commander signature. And what an interim clearance does is allow that commander um, of that installation, especially in the Department of Defense or of an agency, maybe it's the agency head who has to sign off on those, um, allows them to, um, to basically accept the, um, the risk of hiring you on board without that being adjudicated fully. So an interim is a great way to get yourself into the door very quickly Um, And depending on the HR office and the processes of of that particular organization, that can be done rather quickly. Um, The process to get a top secret, especially with an SCI attached to it, it is quite a lengthy process. And unfortunately, you have to go through the entire thing and be completely adjudicated now in order to um, be onboarded in that particular position. Um, Even if you're going federal to federal and changing Security clearances with your new position, you have to wait until you obtain that clearance um, in order to be onboarded. And so that can take a year um, or more in some situations. Um, I know that there's been a lot of chatter over the last few years about how many are in the backlog and you know how many people are waiting to get you know their clearances done. And we've done a really great job of trying to you know work through that backlog, work through the individuals who are in the queue. And so I've seen it go through very quickly within a couple of months. Um, and I've seen it take over a year. My own top secret SCI took um, about nine to 10 months to get. And so it's, it really depends upon the agency, when you get in that queue, um, and honestly, the positions in general that you're going into. So I would expect about a year long to get the top secret, especially if there's an SCI attached to it. Those adjudicators are—they've certainly been given a lot of um, additional flexibilities. Which is, if you can get a a security person on here, I'm sure you've had some. They will have some great insight into this particular issue. Um, But they are out digging into your past. (laughs) So they are contacting your your parents. They're contacting your friends. They're contacting your coworkers. They're tracking down, you know the. The vacation you took to Ireland last year, and um, they're they're really you know walking through those those processes to make sure that you're not only telling the truth, and um, but that you are who you say you are, and that you are um, the caliber of individual that should be holding those clearances. So definitely, Claudia, great question, one that you get a lot. Um, but it's definitely worth it. And um, if you're obviously if you're trying to get into this space, once you have it. You have it. And so, just readjudication is such, um, so much simpler. And um, once you obviously have obtained it the first time.
1: And I'm assuming readjudication is when you have, you've had it already, you move to either a different agency or you left the federal government and you're trying to come back. It's kind of just recertifying you. So, so readjudication
2: is actually something that, depending upon the clearance, like for a secret, um, it, it's every 10 years. Um, you have to go through this process again. Um, they're just going through and updating the information. So let's say you've changed addresses or moved to a new position um, of the equal clearance, they're gonna go through and look at it again. Um, we, When you move from one agency to another, um, let's say from a top secret SEI to another top secret SEI, um, we are supposed to have reciprocity. That's something that we are navigating right now and we're starting to see streamlining going on across the federal space. So um, you shouldn't have to go through that process again. Once you have a clearance, you are cleared. Um, But you'll definitely wanna check out agency processes, um, especially since we're still onboarding everything in the DOD um, and and looking at that as a whole. And there's still maybe some agency specific processes that go on, Um, specifically with the Department of Homeland Security those specific positions do have some requirements that are a little bit different um, at this time. So you may see some changes in the future, but something to, to definitely look into and just know that you may have to go through
1: some sort of a process when you transfer or onboard at different agencies. Right. So with the security clearances, how far back do they go? Like. 20 years 30, like oh my ever?
2: Goodness. so I've, i <laughs> want say it's 10 years I, that's a really great question and um, I want to say it was 10 years back um I gave them everything I could and and once they have it they will ask you for it again so when I first started 16 years ago um, they still have that information so I'm still constantly updating and they're they're going back and saying, did you live at this address in two thousand and four? <laughs> and the answer is is absolutely yes. And um, some of the, sometimes you have to really pull back and um, you know get the the contacts and the neighbors that live next to you. Um, right. sometimes I don't know who my apartment neighbors are. And so you know being able to to provide the the information is 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 really important for this process. And um, But depending upon the clearance, they may ask to go back even further. So something to to really consider: make sure that um, make sure your federal resume actually, you know, accurately articulates those dates as well. And yet another reason why we have. Thank you, Claudia. I thought it was ten years
1: mm-hmm. Claudia knows.
2: Sometimes my brain <laughs> does not pull it through.
1: Um, it's late.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> meeting tonight. Um, but I, I love it, and I'm I'm really excited about this. Um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's just I mean, you just got to pull that information. And why we ask for year to date is not only um, so that we can get that one year specialized experience, like we talked about last time, in order to, um, you know, get a promotion or get into the federal service. But also, they are backing up your security clearance with that. So, in fact, my last clearance, date, I was off by a month. And they said, you know, in your last clearance, you said that it was this date to this date. And your resume says this to this. What is correct? And so, going back through and really making sure that all of my information lines up together. I, I now keep it in my calendar, all the places I've lived from date to date. And then match that up to my resume to make sure that I'm quickly able to um, answer those questions for those adjudicators wow and they are great people people i will say um a little off topic but this is something you know those they work so hard and i can't say that i've been an adjudicator yet they may be a little salt of the earth um but they are definitely overworked um and they're, they're doing their best and i think that you taking the time being prepared for those conversations And uh, making sure that you're filling out your SF-85 or SF-86, whatever you may be going through for a clearance, um, making sure that it's filled out to the best of your ability only helps them to better do their jobs. So they are they're very passionate about getting it done quickly for you. And they are so communicative. So. If this is you know something that you're going into. Um, just just give them a little you know shout out whenever you're going through the process because they they are certainly trying to do their job as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah, I can imagine I mean, I know it, but it would take as long as it does, and for from what I hear because I've never gone gone through the process, but um you know, pulling up all that data and connecting with all those people and the references and just going through the process overall, um, you think about, you, you know, you think about the individual, as an individual getting hired, you're thinking about what you have to do on the flip side of that, they're okay. the ones really doing the investigation. So, okay. um, you know, thinking about how how much work they put into it, it, it totally would make sense that it, took, it, that it takes a significant amount of time. Um, I didn't realize it was a year. Well, I did, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Well, you know,
2: it did take them a year to do your clearance. Uh, right. One day mine was done because I prepped my contacts. Um, anyone that I, you know, had put on my form, I made sure to let them know when that adjudicator reached out to me starting the actual interview part of the process that they would be contacted. Um, they knew, you know, what it was. They, they were ready to answer that phone, especially in the day, uh, like days like today where I get probably 10 telemarketer calls that don't even look, you know, like they're they're anything, but people that I may know, um, and having work calls come to my personal cell as well. Um, you may not be one to answer those calls from numbers that you don't know. And so making sure that your contacts are ready to, to, you know, perhaps answer those calls, um, and get that done really just helps them
1: out. So yeah, they are, they're very, very hardworking people. (laughs) I can imagine. I can imagine. So, Julie, when people come to you, I know you typically well. A, I wanted to thank you for the document, the quick tip oh, that you provided. So that was awesome, and I'm glad I been, was able to share it online on um, on LinkedIn. So, anyone, if you're on YouTube watching this, you can go to my LinkedIn page and. Uh, Julie left us with an awesome document that has a ton of FAQs in it. Um, Julie, what are some of like the, the top? I know Clarence is one. That's why I kicked it off with that one. What are some of the top questions that you get um, from people when they are looking to break into the federal government? I know USAjobs.gov is another fun place that. <laughs> 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 <It's getting better. laughs> I know, I know, it's getting better getting better and and you all have some awesome new um projects coming up that will make specifically in a cybersecurity space make things easier. Um and somebody popped in with a qu- jump into their question for sure. Okay, so Brian says, so when they are investigating for a secret or top secret, do they compare your resume with your clearance application?
2: Yes, they do. So, just quite similar to um if <laughs> Quite similar to your resume when you're going through the SF86, which is a document you can Google. I mean, it's not even it's not a secret of what this form looks like. And um, you'll see on it like where you're going to write your job to job, your address to address and include the, the month, day, year, um, day as best as you can. And um, to when you were at those particular addresses or at this particular and um, um, organizations so they will they will compare it and the actual p- application package for your clearance does include your resume and um, so it's it's something that you that your HR specialist will provide to the security and um, um, office whenever they're they're starting your investigation process it's something that we upload and there's several documents that we upload from your application and um, that you submit that we um, give to the, the clearance um, office
1: great question Brian sorry I was muted now we are are going nuts (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised my
2: baby's being good he's
1: like it's dinner time Mm. oh they are (laughs) Woo! I'm like you must hear this noise going on um so I do want to shout out some people who are here this evening and thank you so much I, I put out a LinkedIn um poll today and asked about different times and people like seven o'clock so maybe we'll do I know we're planning on doing more of these um so Dern I want to just say hi to some folks Dern um Claudia obviously Nadia Rashawn someone else says and I'm wondering if this is Gina but somebody else is here but it says just LinkedIn user um Danielle says hi Danielle Goodwin so definitely folks in the audience here. Um, so thank <laughs> so you guys for
2: joining. I'm so, I'm really, I'm really excited to be here. And um, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: Good. And I'm, I'm so excited that you were able to do this pop-up because we were like, are you, can we do this? Can we do it? <laughs> it's
2: go off. I, I took
1: the rest of the week off. I was like, what better way to start my, my, uh, relaxation
2: period than to jump on and, and just get really excited. So I think that in today's, um, in today's world we're I'm I'm really missing being the human and human resources i'm missing the heart of, of being able to you know talk to people and to engage and see everyone's beautiful faces and this is just another great way of doing that and why i so much love federal Career connection and the opportunity that that brings because i get to have these i get to have a dialogue and um, not every you know um, organization has video capabilities to their computers yet and we're still navigating this telework environment and um we're just, you know, it, it's really nice to see faces and, and feel like you're engaged with the, the community as, um, and I love watching your podcasts with, I'm going to, is it Dr. Stan or Dr. Oh, Dr. <laughs> Stan. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
2: I've been doing a lot of uh, discussions um, with um, some other groups on Patrick Lencioni's um, philosophy of bringing the human back to organizations. And so this yeah. is just part of it, just Really, um, being able to engage, making sure that you know that you're not alone, and you're not alone in in the questions that you have, which is why I so love your community and and what they're what they're bringing.
1: Yeah, and we we love you. We are so so happy to have you back. Um, Alex says, "I am watching. Great job. <laughs> we got to get you on here, Alex."
2: <laughs> I know. I can't wait till we can have a, a nice panel going on because Alex oh. brings such a great um. He bring such a great perspective to this process. And um, as I talked about, I'm the HR piece of it. The true, um, we talked about job series last time. And um, mm-hmm. so you want to kind of go into like the top things that we talk about um, sure. if you have any questions popping up that we can move into that.
1: Yeah, please do.
2: Okay, so we talked about job series last time. So that four digit number. And if you look at the um, the document that Renee posted on LinkedIn, it'll talk about what job series is. and. That's what we equate our positions to each position series type. So for you, it's cybersecurity um, and cybersecurity doesn't necessarily have a series, but it's attached to a lot of different types of jobs, Um, especially, um, you know, in different agencies. um, Cybersecurity can can really branch out into a lot of different things. And so that four digit number is incredibly important in knowing not only what the requirements of a job are, Um, but the qualifications that you'll need in order to um, be qualified for that position. So in that document that Renee posted, you'll find um, the OPM's qualification standards, and that gives you your rundown cradle to grave of every job series that we have, how you should look at that. You're gonna couple that with the information on USA jobs for the position that you're looking for, the specialized experience requirements, and the questionnaires that they put and ask you, you know, that you're gonna click through and answer. Um, And all of that coupled together is going to allow you to better tailor your resume to the positions that you're looking for, making sure that your resume is targeted to your job um, and written in a way that is easily articulated to the human resource specialist who you get through first um, and making sure that you're qualified and have your one year of specialized experience but also in making sure that the hiring manager clearly sees um, that that um, you're qualified for the position. So that is the, the very first thing I would say, you know, in navigating the process. We talked a little yeah. bit last time about the differences between the federal resume and private sector resume. So mm-hmm. just to point out tonight um, that... The federal resume is, is a narrative resume, um, and this process is the, the way that it is because this is your true application. Um, unlike the private sector, we don't necessarily have all of the, the additional things that may come along with it. Um, there, the private sector's process can be very lengthy on the back end. I would say ours is more lengthy on the front end because we want to make sure that you know when we're bringing people into whatever our back end process is, clearances, um, um, assessments, all of those types of things that we're only getting the qualified, you know, the, the qualified individuals. Um, we get thousands upon thousands of applications for certain types of positions, so it's that that resume is just going. It's incredibly important to make sure that you know, it's, it's written in a way that, that meets the
1: requirements for the federal jobs. Right. So we definitely, we do have a couple, we have questions coming in now. Yeah. Fast and furious. Okay. So Dr. Dana Marie Thomas wants to know if there are any remote internship opportunities.
2: So great question. And Dr. Thomas, and um, there are, I'm sure there are, and um, I, there are over um, 300, 400 plus, um, um federal organizations um I couldn't possibly know but USA jobs will have about 70% of the the positions that are available federal wide um and I would say right now we're we're kind of all in the same environment we're all working remote and um, for the most part and um, and so I would say yes um, but it really depends on the organization and their current and long-term plans for, for what this may look like. I've been kind of talking to, you know, my counterparts across the way and we really like this environment of, of being at home. And, um, at least, you know, for, you know, certain parts of the weeks, we all miss interacting with each other, but I think agencies are starting to look at this and what the long-term solutions are, and um, for remote work. Um, and what I hope to see out of it, um, My own personal hope to see out of it is that we're using this as more of a recruiting tool in the future. And we have brought this out and we have so many amazing candidates that for some reason or another, maybe they can't move. Maybe it's family um, or whatever it may be. And we don't necessarily pay for move costs all the time. But hey, they'll work for you and be amazing workers um, in their current location. And so I think that agencies are starting to really look at that. Um, It sounds like it, and I'm really excited to, in the future, share whatever we may learn um, across our team to, to kind of help you navigate that particular piece. So very exciting, love the question. You can keep posting that, Dr. Thomas to OPM and others <laughs> of, of tag podcast. everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, we. I, I'm seeing that too from a, um, you know, companies that were not remote and now are remote uh, due to COVID nineteen, and it just opens up their talent pool so much more. Mm-hmm. So whereas you had to look at only that, you know, one local fifty mile radius, one hundred mile radius area, now. They're able to really get talent from across the country, um, especially if they want to stay within the in the United States and in, in, inside of the continental U.S. Um, and it's just opened up the talent pool so so much more. So it's really I, I personally think that it's fantastic, a long time coming. And um, you know, there are positives and negatives with COVID nineteen. This is one of the positives for sure.
2: Absolutely. I think that that you, you really nailed it. Um it's made us break into it, um, and it's forced us into it, but it's culture. And um, that's really what it boils down to. Um, and we've we've been trying to catch you know, the culture train for a long time. Private industries moved in this direction for many years. Um, you'll see it a lot differently with security agencies, and they really do have a much different environment to look at when it comes to being able to work under classified environments. Um, in this particular um, era, but I think what will come out of it are just innovative technologies, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that that's to the our earlier conversation. That's we're really getting the right candidates, not only for qualifications but under security clearances. It's that trust. You have to know that the person working from home is of you know of the caliber of of um, person who needs to have that clearance and access to the information. So hopefully, we'll see some great things coming.
1: Excellent. So Danielle wants to know, well, before I get to Danielle's, I want to just add on that Remy asked the same question. Uh, So he just wanted to know if there were remote opportunities for fresh starters in cybersecurity, which is exactly Dr. Dana's question. So so Danielle wants to know, is it hard to break into digital forensics? So that is a very specialized question that,
2: unfortunately, I cannot answer. Um, that would be something I would say that you would want to talk to a cybersecurity expert specifically. Um, I'm sorry, Danielle. I am. I wish I could answer that question, um, but I, I can't do that one.
1: Okay, cool. So Ike uh, Philip Ruffin. Okay. Uh, He asked, does security clearance demand a higher salary outside of the federal space? Also, does working for a federal contractor give you federal employee benefits?
2: Um, So that's a great question. Um, So I'm going to break it down as best as I can. Does it there's demand, a higher salary outside of it. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, that's a, a great question. Okay. Um, I would assume that some contractors um, would be more likely to hire you if you already had that clearance. Um, you yeah. see that with targeted veterans um, to certain types of organizations. Um especially with defense contractors, having that con- knowing how much it costs to get the clearance, I'm sure helps um, you to be able to negotiate that salary. So um, unfortunately, uh, I'm not as familiar with a contractor or a private industry practice when it comes to that. But I would assume just like the federal sector, if you wanted to um, coming in from the private sector, if you're making a certain amount of money with a certain type of specialized experience, one thing you can ask for is superior qualifications, and and that's basically being able to ask for more money. So very important if you have a really high end demand um, or just great specialized experience, something to to ask for. Don't just don't just settle for that step one. Ask for superior, you know, how to request superior qualifications in that organization, so that you can, um, you know, perhaps maybe even come in at a step ten. Um, it really depends on you know your experience and how you can defend that. Um, but does working for a federal contractor give you federal employee benefits? In some cases, they would be similar, um, but I have never heard of it being um, with yeah. the federal. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same benefits because we're the federal government is not paying for
1: federal contractor um, portions of
2: their right.
1: experience like they do our own. And I could jump into and help with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, from my experience with in this space, the the security clearance makes you very valuable. Especially mm-hmm. the higher level clearances make you really valuable to um, federal contractors because typically they're trying to fill the roles that if they have a, a contract, they're trying to fill roles that the federal government does not have. So if you have one of these top secret SCI, with polys, and all of these really, um, you know, niche, hard to get clearances, then a federal contractor sees the value in that and will um, pay a premium. So, but it's, it's specifically in the federal contracting space. So if you were, you know, if you took that clearance and you went to a company that doesn't really work in the federal, in the federal government, it's like, it doesn't mean much to them, but for federal contractors, definitely. And in regards to the um, benefits, they also try to be federal contractors, try to be competitive, um, knowing that there are many contractors out there. And so it's definitely not in line with the federal government, or I I won't say it's definitely, it's not the federal government benefits, but they do, um, most of the ones that I've been interacting with and have partnered with and have worked with do provide um, pretty competitive benefits, so.
2: That's what I've heard. I'm glad it's I've, I've heard just from, you know, especially when we're trying to recruit from from those who are already in contract positions. And um, I've heard that the benefits packages are, are quite competitive. So it's really great to know, especially in this area, um, that
1: they would be similar. So. Yep. OK, so Claudia has a go, uh another question. To get referred, do all of your answers in the KSA have to be at the expert levels or can you have some that are not expert?
2: Oh, so that's a really great question. And I think that what you're I'm going to answer the question and then I'm going to go to what um, the new executive order and a lot of agency practices are going to. So the the overall answer is no. Um, in fact, when we're going as an HR specialist, when I'm going through your resume, I'm going to make sure that you're actually what you say you're expert in your resume reflects that you are an expert in. Um, if you don't talk about it at all, or you may not have the level of experience shown throughout your resume, we may actually go in and lower your score um, in a particular question or area. Um, that's um, something that came out about, I want to say about 10 years ago, that we could start to lower scores um, if your resume did not reflect that experience. Um, but no, you don't. Um, there may be cuts off cut offs that we have um, as far as, um, let's just say there are, 500 applications a um, hiring manager is not necessarily going to be able to go through 500 applications um, but let's say 300 of them make it through HR um, and you know are in the qual- best qualified highly qualified and um, qualified categories and um, we may only send the, the best qualified and that may be between the 90 and the 100 um, scores a hiring manager can come back later and ask to see additional resumes um, but it. it it really, it just depends on how many people were on the cert, um, you know, how many people applied, how many people were deemed qualified after HR reviewed it, um, and then, you know, what that pool looks like, because we don't want to overwhelm our managers with too many people um, as they go through and, and look for qualifications. So, But but certainly not um, something Sorry, my baby is is now, I'm so sorry. Um, Don't apologize, (laughs) because you can hear the madness going on on this side. Um, But I will say, Claudia, what you should see as we go through all of this is a very different way of looking an application. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I am a little bit embarrassed.
1: He doesn't want to
2: jump down off his chair. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, But Claudia, um, thank you for bearing with me. Um, But what you're going to see is differently. We're going to really start, um, and we have started to look at things a little bit differently there. You may have already applied for applications where the answer is, is kind of like doing multiple choice when you are doing your ACT, your SATs or any kind of just college prep course. And, they, you really might not know what the right answer may look like to the hiring manager. And so we we brought an in industrial psychologist to really look at the competencies that we're trying to assess um, and be able to do it in a more equi- equitable manner as we move through. So as you saw in the new executive order with, that just came out, um, no longer requiring um, applicants to meet minimum education requirements unless positions require it. Um, But not just um, looking at the self-evaluation, but having competency assessments um, or reliable objective assessments to assess that overall holistic look of a candidate are things that we're, you know, going to be exploring um, and have been exploring now. Um, I would say um, certain agencies like that that I've worked for, Health and Human Services, Department of Defense. Department of Homeland Security, they've done a really great job. And I'm sure there's hundreds of others. So just one of of many um, who are starting to really look at, we're not doing the ABCDE thing anymore. We really need a better way to to target that individual's experience and know that we're getting the the quality of, of candidate up front. So I would say no. And in the future, that expert letter E may not even be an option for you. And as we start to explore how we can better um, look at your competencies, because honestly, you kind of know if you're reading through the job announcement, um, as well as just the overall questions for the position, and you'll know as you go through it, you know, what are the answers that you may have experience in and and can kind of tell what they're looking for, and to best answer it based on um, your experience in the past. But But no, you don't. And in the future, it may be it may just look a little bit different. So just always make sure you're only applying for announcements that you are qualified for. And don't waste your time. The process is way too long. And don't waste the hiring manager's time or H.R. um, in, in doing something that you may be. I would never apply for cybersecurity. I do not have the experience. You do not want me to do it, um, and so that's just the moral of the story. Apply for things you're qualified for, and if you if you want to be in it, go out and get you know trained. Go out and get mentored, um, and look for you know positions of growth to help you.
1: Claudia says, "Thank you." You're so welcome. You. So, Remy says, "Can you sponsor clearance clearance for green card holders?"
2: So we don't sponsor anyone's clearances, unfortunately, um, but that would that would definitely be if you get a tentative job offer. And um, that would be a question that I would that I would talk to to that particular agency about. Um, so I, I don't I will navigate the green heart card holder piece of it.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of the roles that I the, the ones that I've seen are looking for U.S. citizens. And they
2: uh, are. a majority of our positions are going to be open to u s citizens um i would say um agency wide the the most the one that i saw hire most non u s citizens was health and human services um but it was specifically for temporary positions they were a specific authority, and we were looking for um certain types of um of of specialized experience in things like epidemiology um all of the little you know things that are way beyond uh, my expertise but um certainly um translators when, when ebola hit we had lots of individuals come on board and um, that mm-hmm. kind of citizens to help with that that effort um mm-hmm. but it's it's something that's that's not as common um but something to definitely look into um with a particular agency because those jobs do come open every once in a while
1: okay good to know i, I didn't know. Uh, Dr. Dana, thank for thanking welcome. us. You're welcome. And Dura is, do you know Dura? I do. Hi, Dura. Hi, Julie. Happy to see you. Should mm-hmm. I fill up the 136 pages of Form SF 86 for security clearance?
2: I would never use the form that's online. Um, so we do have a, it's called, um, well, at least it used to be called equip. I am, I think that they've changed it since I was in operations, but we do have an actual system that you put all of the questions into and it produces the form. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go through and fill it out, but it's a good template for you to know what is, um, what they're gonna be looking for and um, how to best prepare when you get that tentative offer so you can get those documents done really quickly. Wow,
1: 136
2: pages. It can be quite easy, um, but when honestly, when you're doing it online, it doesn't feel like it. It may take you, if you're prepared, it won't take you very long. So that's why I say, look at it, get your, get all those neighbors and emails and and phone numbers in place and addresses and um, you'll be ready to go.
1: Cool. Okay, so next question, and it says LinkedIn user. I'm gonna find out. There's something in Streamyard where we can. There's some some way we can change this to go from LinkedIn user to the person's actual name. So I'm gonna put that out there. I'm gonna do some due diligence and put that out put that out there. Um, but I think this may be Ike. I am not sure. Oh no, Bonnie, Bonnie Chow. Okay. Hi. Do our applications go first through a screening system before landing in someone's hands?
2: They may. Um, it depends on the agency if they're using those systems still. Um, I, I, I can't tell you the percentage. It changes. Every time I look, it changes. Um, and and certain agencies implement it and then get rid of it. Um, So it can, um, but no matter what, um, there is a human touch to it. And the best part is that we are humans. And so if you would like, if you do disagree with um, a disqualification or perhaps let's say you know, you are not referred to a hiring manager, just pick up the phone or email the HR specialist that's associated at the bottom of the job announcement and talk to them and have a conversation about why, you know, you did not make it to the hiring manager. Um, You know, what what could you do better? Um, Is there something in your resume that was not, you know, called out? Um, Whether a human eye touched it or a machine touched it and um, to, to better help you as you navigate this process. So never be afraid to call to not only ask about why you were not qualified or move forward in a proce- part of the process, but also um, to find out where you are in the process. Um, that is a question I do get all the time is I've been waiting for like three or four weeks, you know, what what is going on with my application and it depends on the agency and their processes, you know, how long something may take. But never hesitate to call. We would love to answer your questions. And um, if you don't happen to be able to reach out to the individual on the job announcement, everything is public. You just get on the agency's website, look at the contact us and go through the operator to find out how you can get referred to HR to have your questions answered.
1: That was muted. That was like perfect timing. My child was screaming, <laughs> oh, so he's cheering money on. They're cheering Bonnie on. Cheering Bonnie on. <laughs> that's what you want to call it. Yes. Omg. Bonnie. so, Julie, do you have anything else you want to add? I'm mean, at the 45 minute mark. I definitely have. I, I, I'll take it to eight, but I can tell you. There's going to be a lot of screaming going on back here.
2: (laughs) No, I would just say, so I would like to, Margaret, we do have some great, um, I'll end it by saying two things. Um, This process is is a beast, Um, but just like the processes that are going on in the private sector, it's not any different. Um, It's just something different. Um, So getting used to USA Jobs, looking at... um, specifically the intelligence agencies have their own recruitment processes so you won't see their applications on USA jobs. Being familiar with where they're coming from and then navigating those, it's not going to be any different. It's just a different system. So you are incredibly intelligent individuals and um, just make sure you're you know you're going through, looking for your resources. Um, and, and coming to these sessions, which we're so looking forward to you know having with you every month as we move forward, um, to, to ask your questions and, and helping you navigate this process. Um, but we have two exciting events coming up ourselves at Federal Career Connection, um, which is on the LinkedIn page. Um, and come follow us on LinkedIn. We post lots of great articles um, and as well as follow and many as many agencies as we can to get you, you know, um, informed of what's going on across the federal space. But on September 15th at 630 p.m. Eastern time, we will be having a networking webinar. And um, so not only will you get to network with us and our amazing team that includes individuals outside of um, Homeland Security. We have some intelligence and. Um, some retired intelligence specialists, um, as well as um, some individuals from across other agencies like GSA um, and DOD, as well. And it's a great way to meet them. And we continue to get lots of great fit traffic from across private and, and um, the federal industry as well. So come and join us, learn more of how you can network within um, the federal and private spaces. And then if you still have questions before the next time we're able to join Renee, um, we have office hours um, and our next one will be on September 22nd. And I will post that out to you Renee um, so that your community can come out and um, ask any additional questions that they may have as well. So I want to thank you for letting me join you tonight in the midst of school starting and chaos um, of just life in general. I really appreciate your time and your community's time and, I'm really thinking of you all, and 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 meditating on the fact that we're we're all in this together, um, and we're we're here to help each other. So these question and answer sessions not only I hope benefit you um, and the community, but they they certainly help me to go out and and be excited to um, continue to be excited to help um, individuals navigate this process. So thank you again for letting me join today.
1: Absolutely, I mean your your information is invaluable. And as you can tell, you know with the questions coming in, um, and all the and all the uh, the information, all the the, the questions people have um, tonight, the last time, mm-hmm. overall, and I know tomorrow or later on there'll be more questions. So I'm going to point them directly to you, Julie. <laughs>
2: and uh, I just okay. Come link, come link up with me on Federal Career Connection. Just tell mm-hmm. me in the the message that you saw me on the podcast, and I will be happy to to help you out or network you to to our team in order to get your questions answered. Not a problem. Mm-hmm.
1: Danielle made a joke. She's like, "Can you just skip the resume and go to my references?"
2: <laughs> uh, you know, Danielle, that's I, I will. That's my last interview. i um, in the position that I'm in. That's exactly what my my um. My um new my supervisor did they before I even went in for um for any kind of uh, an interview she had already contacted individuals to learn more about me and so I would love to do that um but I think that if you connect with us we'll see what we can what we can do to help you with this process Danielle so best of luck to you
1: awesome awesome so Julie please everyone connect with Julie I tagged her in the post. I will tag Federal Connection. I just put it up here as well. And um, Julie, you guys meet every other Tuesday. Is that it correct? Is, it's typically the second Tuesday of every month is our, our, our webinar.
2: And we do have um, a website, federalcareerconnection.com. Um, so if you follow me on LinkedIn, I do post to not only our Career Network page, but also um, on my own page about the great exciting events that we have going on. Thank you, Alex. You can also email us at contact at federalcareerconnection.com. Our team is growing and we're really excited for what the the new year may bring and that's, it's honestly, you know, you've really given us the excitement being able to partner with um, you, Renee, um, and Chris um, and the great partners that we have um, just obtained through these great networking sessions have been amazing. Um, So we're really out. I think that together we will build a better community um and help educate in this process and we are so excited to be partnering with you um Thank and you. Have you come and talk to our community because we there is so much wealth of knowledge on the other side of this screen Let me go this and um, there's so much wealth of knowledge right here and um we we're just so excited to be partnering and you know, if anyone ever has any questions, we're we're here to help. And if we don't know, we will find someone who does.
1: So yes, yeah. I just wanted to talk about the resources that you all have because Julie, like she said, is an HR specialist. So so Julie, I'm going to take a stab at when the when the resumes come into certain roles, you're the person really kind of going through the that that 300 when you talked about 500 res- resumes coming in, I'm like Lord have mercy so, so
2: yes honey when I worked for the defense commissary agency and right. I mean there would be thousands of applications and just within the best qualified category you may look at hundred to 200 people and I'm I'm going through each person's resume and you know we may spend um several minutes looking at it, and we may look at it again to make sure that we got it right. Um, But getting through HR is your first step, and it's so incredibly important, which is why making sure your resume reflects your qualified experience um, just is only going to make your your, um, experience of the federal process more enjoyable. Um, Putting in the effort, um, yes, it's a lot of work. I just finished updating my resume. It's a lot of work to get those narrative responses. Um, the star stories. We talked about that a little bit last time. Your situation, task, action, result, being able to highlight the results that you've done, not only what you've done, but the results. Um, it, it, it's just it's a lengthy process. But it's incredibly rewarding to be a public servant. And I'm so blessed to be able to share what knowledge I have um, to learn from you guys. When you come in as you know new employees um, and navigate just the federal experience, you stay in touch with me. And that's what I love about being in HR is that we can navigate through life together um, and learn from each other. I've learned more about all kinds of different jobs than I ever wanted to know, from you know the supply specialist to um, you know the nuclear command and control. I mean, you name it, I, i've I've heard so many stories, but that's what drives us in h r is to be able to partner with you to help you succeed, whether it be in this part of the process, which is just a short part of your career, to the very end when you come and see us 30, 30 years later and retire. So we're really excited um, in h r to have you, and we are always looking for new great people. So, be Googling those virtual events. Um, We are constantly improving and getting out there to do virtual events. So um, make sure that you're connected not only to the agencies that you may have values with, um, but, you know, just Googling out and seeing what's going on in your area because there are more and more job fairs going on um, all the time. So, and make sure you're checking us out on Federal Care Connection as well as on my page and with my other colleagues, we post those events for you as well.
1: Yeah, and I'll be be posting them too. (laughs) So I'll tag Julie, I'll be posting the events um, and I'm looking forward to continuing the partnership too. So Julie, Thank, you, thank you so, so much for being here, yeah. for uh, joining us on another episode of Breaking into Cybersecurity. I feel like we need a theme, you need a theme song, Renee. You need theme. I do. I need people dancing on the front end. I need people dancing on the back end. I don't want it to be my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone.
2: Well, thank Bye. you so much. Bye-bye. Have a great night, everyone. Good
1: night, everyone